This podcast is sponsored by Safe House Rehab Thailand, the premier drug and alcohol rehab dedicated to enhancing the science of recovery. First, a plug for my sponsor, who has given me the opportunity to help the families and loved ones of alcoholics and addicts better understand the nature of the disease and what they can and shouldn't do about it, shouldn't try to do about it. We say in our podcast and blog that our primary goal is to help you make an informed decision at this critical stage of your life. Safe House Rehab Thailand represents the modern approach to recovery, founded on safety, which is why we absolutely outperform traditional rehabs when it comes to intake and detox, technology, and aftercare. To learn more about our modern, advanced approach to recovery, we invite you to visit safehouserehab.com or send your questions and comments to info at safehouserehab.com. Take it back a bit. Um, the first time I got drunk uh, at the pub, alcohol stood out to me as the way to have fun. Okay. And that's where the progression started. Okay. And as I, as I went along into to further college and then to university, my way and my thinking of having fun and relating to people was through alcohol and drugs. Okay. When it got to university stage, halfway through uni, I couldn't go out and socialize unless I was already drunk. Mm-hmm. So I'd always drink a lot and then the drugs would come on. Okay. But I was always smoking weed, during, uh, marijuana throughout the day. So you started with alcohol usually and then you went on to other things in the same evening? Yeah, in the same okay. evening okay. or that's not, that's, doing it at the same time. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and the alcohol was every day right. uh, while I was at university. Okay. And that's where I started on to antidepressants as well. Okay. I, it it, it was affecting what, what, my what life. Was your, what was your motivation for starting with antidepressants? What was you, you obviously you had to go to a doctor and yeah. get a prescription. So what was the what was that conversation like? I just said, to be honest, you just go in there and I said, I, um, I feel depressed. Okay. And like here you are. Take Were these. you depressed? I guess I was uh, to a degree because yeah, and the drugs and the alcohol was contributing to it. Uh-huh. because I, I didn't know how to function okay. uh, without okay. that on a social aspect. Okay. So not being able to function at the social aspect. Did you have trouble relating to other people, to women? What was the, when you say social aspect? Yeah, relating to, to other people, uh, women as well. Being okay. able to talk to people on a sensible level. Okay, without, so when you, when you have drank and, yeah. and, and did drugs, it allowed you to be more social. Is that what happened? Yeah, I believe I, I got some... These, these yeah. Are, yeah, okay. But ultimately, right. it, I still was never satisfied. Okay. Because I would take it to another extreme, okay. to the point of oblivion, so I wouldn't be actually socializing right. with people. Got I'd be it. in my own yeah. world. You, you went around the bend. Yeah. Now, when you, when, you were, when you had that conversation with the doctor and he or she prescribed uh, antidepressants, what effect did that have on you? What did what yeah. effect did the antidepressants have on you? I took the antidepressants for probably about three months initially, okay. and t- I did, it didn't have any effect. Really, okay, because right. I carried so it didn't my do what you wanted it to do. No, I just. So what did you change. want it to do? I wanted it to, to change the way that I was. Okay, the way that you were, the way that you were yeah, feeling, right. or just the way you were acting, or I would say now the way that I was feeling. Okay, though. I didn't know about feelings. Okay, got it. Then. All right, I understand. It's not this is... not a not a subject which. So you didn't like the way any... you were. Yeah, I just didn't like the whole package. Okay, all so right. There was this discontent with who I was. Okay, that's very important. And this is important. The alcohol stuff. and the drugs allowed me to be who I thought who I should thought be. You should be. Okay, very good. Yeah. Very good. Uh, so if you want to yeah. just give me the trajectory, mm-hmm. you sobered up at about thirty-two, uh, thirty-four rather, right? Yeah. You're thirty-six. And you're at this point, you're in university or leaving university. So you went on, you went on into a career of some sort or what happened after, quote, school? Yeah. Um, just mentioned that uh, when I was 20, I had a drug-induced psychosis. Okay. That's important. Yeah. And what, is, what was that about? It was actually on New Year's and I, I still don't have the full recognition, though it has changed me uh, on a... Mental level. Okay, so who, who said brain. it was a psychosis? From what I've explained it to my counselors over here. Okay. 
So you described a state of mind and emotion that was later diagnosed as a drug-induced psychosis. Psychosis. All right. What? What was? Tell me what happened. What was it I, like? My outlook on the world. I became more, more introvert. Uh, I whenever I would smoke marijuana, I take uh, marijuana. Um, I would go into severe paranoia. Okay. I thought everyone was uh, out to get me. How long did my it home, last? And uh, till till date, probably. I, I carried on smoking until I was 26. Okay. And one day I just gave up smoking marijuana until I was okay. 26. And on occasion, until till I was 34, I would have a have a little bit here and there. So and you were in a psychotic it. state for quite a while. Yeah, yeah. And the drugs would also take me there. For some reason, alcohol would... It wouldn't... It, I was different on alcohol. In what way? Karma. Okay. Well, no, it was weird because it would calm me internally, but outwardly it would make me an aggressive person. Okay, got it. Uh, and, right. I, and I enjoyed that. Okay. Uh, it would just block out you whatever like, was going like on. You like the acting out part? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Bit of an actor out. It would block out the rest of the world. Okay. And allow me to be who I was internally. Just thought I was satisfied with it. That was the way to go. Okay. And seeing society where alcohol was so free... I believe it was okay to do. It was between twenty and twenty-six. What were, what were you doing? I was uh, at university. I did a year in Hartlepool. It was uh, it's a it's a factory town. Okay. It, it was a little bit racy, so I wouldn't. But know I mean, that. were you working? Were you? Yeah, I was. Money? I was working on a factory, steel factory. Okay. As the environmental assistant. Okay. And was getting paid. Though I would spend all my free time outside of work. Uh, in my flat, okay, drinking, and uh, weekends I'd be doing drugs. Ketamine, I moved to ketamine, okay, a lot of ketamine, because um, I'd be on my own. Going back to the steel factory, was it a responsible position? What sort of position did you have? It was a fairly responsible position in terms of uh, I was always helping. I was, uh, I was helping the environmental manager, okay, to ensure that the factory was me- meeting its. Okay, that, so, that sounds responsible. How was your and performance? I, overall, I was quite dedicated to the job. I enjoyed it. Uh, I'd implemented a, a few things for the factory, uh, an oil skimming system. Okay. Um, Were you given performance audits. reviews? Yeah, I was, yeah. yeah. Okay. And, uh, they, did well? Did yeah, pretty well? Yeah, did well. And there was the possibility. I had to go back to university to finish my final year. And there was the possi- I was offered the possibility of, uh, to be employed. Okay. Taken on uh, for a full-time job. So you have a responsible position. You're doing fairly well, but you're also abusing drugs and alcohol in yeah. the meantime. And did you feel that that was something that was sustainable for you over over the long haul, or you didn't think about it? I didn't think it was sustainable. I just knew I would have to stop. I okay. just thought it would happen. Okay. There was no real thought. Into so it. you had the feeling that this can't go on, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But you didn't. You didn't know exactly. Once the obsession got hold of me, which was nearly all the time, right, and then the compulsion came in, everything else went out the window. Okay. When so did you my, leave the job? What happened to leave the job? I had to go back to uh, university to finish okay. my final year. You did that? It was part of the program. You did so that? I an industrial um, degree. Okay. And I went back to university, and that's where the, three, the other three years came on top. Okay. All right. Because I was lying to the university... The drugs and the alcohol got in the way of my performance and okay. my education system. Okay. Because from waking up in the morning, the first thing I lived just to to drink. Okay. And do drugs. Right. And at that point, it was mainly drinking in my life. Uh, the drugs would be on at night time. Did you leave the job? Did they fire you? What happened? No, no. It was it was it was just a one year one year contract. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. And then what? As an internship. Okay. And then what? And then went back to uni. uni uh, didn't really do that well. I finished my degree. It took me three years to finish the degree. Right. Uh, I stayed at university in the in Leeds for another two years. Okay. And then for the final year, I went back home. I moved into my parents' house. Where? Uh, back in London. Okay. And uh, uh, did, finished it off as a part-time student, or deferred. Call it deferred student. Okay. Station. I, I didn't get an honours degree. It was a BSc. 
Bachelor of Science, yeah, uh, a, basic, a basic degree, mm -hmm. uh, minimal grade, just passed. But you got your degree. I got my degree. All right. And from there, uh, it, again, it was it was it was the same thing. I didn't know. I had no direction in my life. I thought I had already failed. For me, that was all failure. But you moved back with your parents, and you yeah. said you had an enabling mother. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So talk about that. So, w with my mother, I could always spin things around. I could turn them on her. I okay. was able to emotionally blackmail her. Okay. Guilt trip her. I would, could take money from her. Uh, I would steal money from her. Okay. My father wasn't living with us. Um, Were they divorced at this point or just separated or just... No, he, was he still, wasn't there. Yeah, he was still working in Dubai. He okay. would come on occasion. So uh, you moved back with your mom in yeah. London and your dad was in Dubai. Yeah. Okay. All right. And I had a lot of resentment against my father because I had also earlier on when I was 15 um, caught him in bed with another woman. Okay. Okay. So your dad really disappointed you. Yeah, he 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 definitely did his best and loves us in the way that he knows how. Okay. And I can't fault him at all for providing me uh, every opportunity in life. Sure. It was just I wasn't responsible for myself. Okay. I transferred the responsibility of my life onto others. So you're in London with your mom, mm -hmm. and she is, you're manipulating her, and I mean, this is, yeah, and no, no judgments, but, but here you are, mm. full-blown addict alcoholic at home with your mother. Yeah. So now what do you do? I wasn't, I wasn't doing, I was applying for jobs. Okay. Uh, I would go out. You're trying to get work. Yeah, I was trying to get work within okay. my field or, or any field, um, and I wouldn't turn up to the interviews. Uh, okay. I'd either be too hungover. Or okay. All right. I, so you were dysfunctional already at yeah, that point. Yeah. There was also fear, that, that fear of failure. So I was like, I would convince myself that there's no point going because I'm not going to get the job. Okay. Then uh, somehow I ended up uh, falling into gardening and I started my own little gardening business. Okay. Uh, and painting and decorating. Okay. And again, I, I really enjoyed doing that. However, that for me was seen as a, as a means just to earn money to, to buy alcohol and cocaine. Okay. And I would sit, I would work t uh, one day the ne and, and two day, or two days, just cash in hand, then I would spend that money on alcohol and, I would, and gambling, online gambling and cocaine and sit up for most of the day and the night, just doing that in my room on my own. When you say you were gambling, how were you gambling? Online poker. Okay. Let's say I didn't make any money. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. But I mean, you had the freedom. You had your own little gig, and you could do what you wanted. Mm. Right? And that was the motivation. Yeah. 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 Okay. Let's do a little fast forward to what happened to wake you up. Yeah. Uh, there, were, there were points where when I was 27, I uh, went to, to Honduras to live with my brother for a bit. Okay. And uh, again, the, the drinking there, there was a lot of conflict with him because of my behavior, the way that I acted. Right. And I thought I, I, I blamed him for everything. But uh, ultimately, it was my behaviors around my obsession and compulsion for, for, for drinking. Okay. Wasn't doing any drugs there. Uh, yeah, and then moved right to, to, to my mom's house. Um, it was, they were, the, the relationship was very strained with, with my mom and my family. And in their own words, they had to walk around, walk on eggshells sure. around me. Yep, common. Yeah, I was quite explosive. I would uh, damage property in the house if I didn't get Got what it. I wanted. Twenty-eight, I moved to Dubai. I knew I had a sort of problem, mm -hmm. and I thought moving to Dubai to live with my father, uh, and there was a, a small job that I could do in a, in an uncle's company, uncle okay. being a friend, All right. uh, as a as a sales assistant. And I moved up to being a sales uh, manager. Okay. It was quite dysfunctional for me. Uh, in Dubai, I probably stayed sober for the first two months. Okay. And then got in, got into drinking. Um, right. So when do you when years. would you say under what circumstances would you say you bottomed out? What just tell us about the, that the what happened part? Six months before I came into recovery, I had a hip replacement. Okay. Uh, my uh, right hip. And I'd been suffering with that for about three years. All right. I, I gave up on life. 
After the hip replacement, uh, uh, I'd stayed sober for two months before. And during, but after the hip replacement, the recovery period. By this time, I had also been, I was addicted to codeine medication, um, benzos, and then I was drinking a lot. So during my recovery period, while I was stuck at, at home, I was always obsessing about alcohol. Sure. And all my behaviors. So you had painkillers in you. Yeah. And this, uh, this was I, for a number of years while I was in Dubai. I understand. Dubai. I understand. Uh, and you know, this time I would always want to drink every day, uh, just aggression. When I was not drinking, I wasn't able to control who I was. I didn't know who I okay. was. Okay. Um, I felt and there was always an acting out. Okay. I moved back, so I did my recovery in England for for my hip, and then I moved back to Dubai uh, into a job, and I was still sort of recovering from the hip replacement. But I was, I, I thought I had turned a new. I was like, you know, I'll turn a new leaf of life. I won't drink as much. Okay. I will just do it on the weekends. Right, right, right. Try to control it. It didn't work out. Okay. And All right. I ended up drinking every day, every single day. Okay. And then one day I was just in a bar, and uh, so give me the one day part because yeah. the audience wants to know. What happened? When did the light go on? Because the audience mm. is always interested in less about the details, but more about that moment of awakening. Mm. It's a build-up over a week. Okay. Week period. Right. So you're in a bar at this point, and something yeah. happens. Yeah, in Dubai, okay, so I've gone to jail and that. prison as well. Okay. Uh, for drinking, drink driving, and there you can go to prison, and I'd gone, but also jail for fighting a few times. Jail being the one. Uh, in the in the police station, prison, okay. the actual prison. But <laughs> this was over the years while I was living there. But, um, I was in this bar uh, having a having a chat. I was very daisy because I I wouldn't eat. I would just drink. I would be doing codeine and benzos. And I can't really remember what happened, but I picked up the pint glass and smashed it over this person's face. Okay. And I had physically harmed them. Obviously, got into a fight, gone to jail. Uh, it shook me that I had harmed someone else, even though it was an auto. But I had no feelings around. I didn't care. Uh, he didn't press charges because uh, these are the de- okay. Uh, it was behaviors. He didn't press charges because I threatened him. I would know people, and this is just the way it works in Dubai. Uh, and then a few days later, I attacked my father. Okay. And there was just this complete destroying i i had this self-loathing and self and uh, it came to the point of uh, and prior to all of this for a few years i'd started cutting myself to feel something okay i would get excessively drunk uh and then start cutting myself i started with scissors and then moved on to knives okay and blades so you're becoming and, uh, self-destructive mm-hmm. anger uh you're becoming destructive to others and then the light goes on again. Tell me what happened with that moment. <laughs> it's, it's a tough moment, but it's one that I do have to remember to to know that the life I have now is way better than before. Okay. And that moment was I just got drunk one night, came home, and I I started slashing myself over my legs. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to end it, staring at myself in the mirror. Okay. And I'm sitting on, on the floor in my bedroom with a bottle of JD next to me and uh, a blade at my throat, sort of telling myself even that I can't even kill myself. Okay. And my mother walks in. And at that okay. point, I surrendered and said, I need help. Okay. This is very important stuff. Mm-hmm. So I had a, a psychiatrist. So you say you surrendered and at that moment you said, I need help. Then yeah. what did you do? And a few years prior to that, my psychiatrist, who I was just using as a ways to get benzos, cool. had said to me that you need to go to rehab. Okay. He, he had suggested a rehab in Thailand. Okay. And he had said, go to an AA meeting. I went to one AA meeting. I thought it was a cult. Uh, went, left it and went straight to the bar. Okay, tell me <laughs> again. You surrendered and you said you need help. Yeah. Tell me from that moment. And then the next day I caught... So that was a, obviously a shocking moment for my mum. It was for me... Uh, I was destroyed inside, desolate. My, there was no future. Okay, what action and did you take? The next day, called my psychiatrist and I said, what was the name of that rehab that you... So he gave me the name, I called the rehab up and booked in the first place that they had available. I explained a little bit of my story to them okay. before, 
not story, I would say. I just explained where right. I was. Okay. Uh, I didn't say anything about... This was a rehab in Thailand. Yeah. I didn't know about addiction. I didn't know about alcoholism. Right. I just knew I needed some form of help and get, okay. get me out of wherever I'm at. So you made arrangements. You got on mm -hmm. a plane. How long, how long before... How, how much time was there between the time you made the call and the time that you arrived in Thailand? A week? It was roughly a week, yeah. Okay. All right. Roughly a week. All right. So you had already made that decision. Did you use or drink between the time that you made the call and the time you arrived in Thailand? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. No, yeah. I mean, this is common. <laughs> there was no... Uh, yeah, I was so you, you, you realize you need help, more. you realize you need surrender, yeah. but you're still using and drinking. That's yeah. very common. Yeah. There's nothing unusual about that. So you get on a plane and you get here, mm. and then what happens? And during that time, I was... Not even I was thinking of cancelling it. Okay, got the it. Time I, right. I I would convince myself that there is no issue or or I'm fine. I'm fine. Okay, got it. But what happened when you got here? When I got to to Thailand, Thailand yeah, the the primary rehab picked me up from the airport. Okay, I was fairly drunk. Okay. Um, yeah, the the guy who who met me at the airport was very nice and friendly. I didn't know what I was was in for, but I knew I had to do it. Did your dad pay for this? Yeah, so we okay. from my parents. Okay. So you came here, and uh, then what happened? Yeah. So you, you came in, you went into intensive therapy, inpatient. Inpatient primary rehab where I had to obviously detox first. Right. Um, and in the, the detox process, it was, was fairly tough for the first 11 days. Okay. I didn't really sleep. Okay. One hour a night. Uh, okay. It was... Sure, you Chaos. were off everything at this point. During no, so for the first two months at primary rehab, I was still on benzos. Okay. When they gave because uh, my intake of benzos was quite high, when they had initially given me to help with my alcoholism, to for me to be detox of alcohol. Right. They they give you some. Um, they knew what you were taking though coming in though. I mean, yeah. they knew everything. Your drug yeah, history. They had to increase the dose because okay. of, for sleeping family. Oh, had to. Okay. Uh, it, so it's a tranquilizer, right? Yeah. Is that what it is? Okay. In essence, yeah, it's All a right. tranquilizer. Okay. Yeah. And so it helps that, you come down from alcohol to to help ensure the 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 person doesn't have a seizure. Yeah, sure. Alcohol, as it turns out, is the most dangerous drug to withdraw from. It is, So, yeah. so, So they'll give you some medication, and yeah. it, it varies. So yeah. so go ahead. And I was in the treatment process. Uh, I, I booked in for a month, thought I would okay. do a maximum of two. Right. After three weeks, uh, I had to... I didn't have to, but I was going back for my um, uh, hip replacement checkup. Oh, okay. I was advised not to by my counsellor, by the rehabs... By the rehab and other people, uh, friends at the, at the rehab. Um, though I was very stubborn, and ultimately that was because I wanted to go back out to drink. Oh sure, I understood that. So uh, what did you end up doing? I, I went back to UK. I flew to the UK. Okay. Yeah, I would say I would come back to the rehab after uh, five days. Okay. Flew to UK, and it was the time of my birthday. Okay. So this all sort of was planned. All right. So got many, it. Got it. There's yeah. a plot afoot here. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and but I didn't see the plot that I was plotting. All right. Okay. <laughs> got it. Sense. Sure. Yeah. Subconscious. And uh, got to the uh, didn't drink while I was uh, uh, in the UK. And then I got to the airport in the lounge. Uh, and on the way there. On the way back. On the way back. Uh, and and you're used, in, where are you now, at Heathrow, or are you in... Uh, I was in Gatwick. Gatwick, Gatwick Airport. Okay, but you were, in, in you were in the UK at this point. Yeah, I was in the UK. You're waiting to... Go back to Thailand. To go back to Thailand. To the, to the rehab. Right. And uh, I just, uh, I used a, a text where I was a bit annoyed at the text from, from a friend. Uh-huh. And I said... Decided I, to have a drink? To have a drink. Okay. And I How many did you have? Vividly, as soon as that... The alcohol touched my lips. There was no going back. I couldn't stop. How, how many drinks did you have? Uh, I don't know, but I spent three thousand pounds in two days. So you never made the plane, did you? Make I the made plane? that plane. I was in the lounge. So how does one spend three thousand pounds in two days in the lounge at the airport? Uh, you don't buy anything. It's free. But I got to Dubai. Um, so you flew through Dubai. I flew through Dubai. I got it. I okay. got to Dubai. It was all you can drink. So on the plane. I upgraded myself to business so I could drink more. Uh-huh. That is just the Okay, insanity. sure, sure. That happens. Uh, yeah. And so you go London to Dubai and then to Bangkok, and right? And then to Bangkok. In Dubai, I, I missed my flight to Bangkok. Okay. 
All right, just so spend the night there then? Yes, uh, I spent the night there drinking. I went straight from the airport to to the bar um, that I know is local place. Okay. Um, Did you see right. your dad on the way back? Hmm? Did you see your yeah, dad yeah, on the yeah, way back? Yeah, yeah, for, for a couple of hours. Yeah, I was yeah. Completely... So you spent one night in Dubai? Yeah, one okay. night. Well, I so you spent a ton that. of money, you got drunk, and then you yeah, went and, out and to Bangkok. Yeah, and I spent it on women and, and other things, yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in certain services. Okay, uh, sure. And then when I got to the airport, I missed my flight. The next flight was in, in 12 hours, roughly. Okay. So I more thought, layover, more, more booze. Yeah, and I thought, great, you know what, well, how can I get into the lounge? You're like, oh, you can't, you can't check in uh, at the moment to go into the, into the lounge. Right. You have to wait at least uh, four or five hours before. Okay. So I said if I book myself into first class because right. in my head so, it was like you okay. get your own cubicle yeah. okay got everything. it yeah. so you did that and you, and you flew to Bangkok yeah and I flew to Bangkok and they picked you up and you were drunk and they picked me up and I was drunk yeah, yeah. Okay. the next day that how I did up. I know that was going to be because <laughs> I did the, the same, same thing, thing. Yeah. we all do this <laughs> you're not unique my man yeah, yeah. I've traveled all over the world <laughs> drunk on an airplane okay yeah. Yeah. nothing new and, uh, missed flights Right. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, many times. So they picked you up and they took you back to the rehab, the right? The rehab. And, okay. you know, thank uh, whatever higher power that I actually got to Bangkok. Because okay. now I realize I may I could have never got to Bangkok. Right, of course. And, uh, you could have stayed in Dubai or gone to Africa. Yeah, or anywhere. Or anywhere, <laughs> and, really. Or ended up okay. dead. Um, oh, no, this probably. is serious, of course. And so, the serious part so, is... So now there's yeah. a moment as you're telling this that you say, thanks to my higher power... You feel like somehow there was some destiny involved in you doing the right thing, right? Yeah, and there was. And during, and I've come to to believe that. Uh huh. When I look back on many, I I shouldn't be alive where I am today. Right. For all the accidents I've had, the harm I've caused others, the sure. harm I've caused okay. myself. Okay. Throughout my whole. All right. Um, so so tell me about your next phase in the in the rehab. Yeah. Uh, woke up the next day and there was this intense guilt and shame, and I realized that that is where now I need to take this seriously. Okay. And you're you're now you you've awakened at the rehab, right? Yeah. You're knowing that I have an addiction and alcoholism okay. problem. So the light the really went on at that point, not earlier really, but this was yeah. this was it this feels was, like this was your true bottoming out, right? This was my bottoming out to surrendering that I had an alcohol okay. and drug right. problem. So this was our first step thing. Admitted we were powerless, all yeah. that stuff. Okay. Yeah, and so how much longer did you stay at the rehab? Uh, I stayed at the rehab for another two months. Okay. All so right. in total three months in the primary rehab. Okay. And then I did, sober living? Then I moved on to sober living. Okay. And that, that I needed that. How long, how long Again, that was a high, Do I explain that being discharged from rehab? Sure. Right. And, yeah. Uh, I was at the rehab for three months. The primary, I was going to do a fourth. And again, a higher power moment that I see it. Uh, I was contemplating at this point to go to the second stage sober living rehab. Right. Uh, move on. But I don't think I would have gone for it if this didn't occur in my life where on the last day of my third month, where I was supposed to do another fourth month at the re primary rehab, I got into a fight and I attacked someone. Okay. And in doing so, I got discharged. This right. is where the higher power worked we're, for quote, me. Were, quote, kicked out? Yeah, yeah. All right. You got kicked yeah. out because you were fighting. Yeah, because I went to attack someone. Luckily, no one was harmed. All right. And people intervened. Right. So I understood my behavior because my, at this point, my mind was clearer. Right. And but you still there had was anger. a lot of... Obviously, you were still angry. Yeah, there was a lot of anger issues. Uh and this, there still is, but I get to work on it. I'm a lot calmer. Okay. And we're sitting here today. So you get discharged, as you say. Then what did you do? They, they actually called the the, the sober living sober place. living place to see if there was a, a room available for okay. me. Okay. And that day, and there was. Okay. So uh, I I transferred over to the sober living. Okay. Um. Having gone to the sober living again, there was another sort of rock bottom. I wasn't sure if I wanted to stay or go, and that was, the high power moment was. But I you weren't drinking or using time. anymore. No, no. Okay, uh, all right. So now all of that anesthesia having mm. to do with your feelings and your emotions, all that's gone. Now you got to deal with with your real feelings, right? Without any anesthesia. Yeah. Well, by that I mean drugs, alcohol, whatever. Yeah. Right. Okay. And so that that's a scary time too because yeah. you don't have or you choose not to have anything to. 
anesthetize you at that point or take you away from it. So how long were you in sober living? In total, I was at the so in the sober living for seven and a half months. Okay, excellent. It's a, it was a twelve-step based sober sure. living program. Okay. Uh, in there, I was properly, properly, I would say, in the rehab we were primary rehab. We were introduced to the uh, AA fellowship and the NA fellowship. Right. Narcotics okay. Anonymous and Alcoholics Anonymous. Sure. The 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 sober living was a twelve-step program where. Initially, for the first two months, I want I didn't do any twelve-step work. Okay, uh, it was based uh, derived from the Alcoholics Anonymous Fellowship. Sure, and uh, I resisted that because I wanted to do it my way. Okay. I just knew that if I left, I would. Were die. you resisting the idea of a higher power? At that point, no. I was just okay. resisting the program. Actually, yeah, 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 the yeah. program and yeah, the concept of a higher. Yeah, all it of didn't that. really bother me so much. The higher power is more seeing. The, the devotion, because of my got growing it. up within, uh, and I use the word devotion here, but not in the negative when it comes to the fellowship. Right, right. Dedication. Dedication. Also, yeah. Also, yeah. yeah. Uh, I knew that I had to to be sober and clean for the rest of my life, but I didn't want her to do it that way. That way. And okay. I tried many right. things for two months. Okay. And All right. Didn't work. Okay. And because I. When you say it didn't work, you didn't go back out there and drink. I didn't go out and drink, but it didn't work for me in terms of. Didn't give me a peace of mind. Peace of mind or yeah, a yeah. settlement within my emotions right, got and it, spiritually. Got it. Okay. There was still a lot of discontent. Tell me about your typical day at sober living. Mm. What what was sort of routine did you have? In sober living, we'd w- uh, wake up. A, well, I, I, w- I would wake up around six o'clock. Okay. Sometimes do a, a bike ride for okay. forty five minutes to an hour. You're near the beach to the there gym. too, yeah, aren't you? Yeah. yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, along the beach. And then at eight o'clock was uh, the program began where we would have to do uh, a walk or okay. a quick Did run along the beach. Did you eat prior to that? Did you have breakfast no, prior to that? No, no. post that. And okay. then we'd get back and between 8.30 to uh, 9.15 would be the time to just shower up and have breakfast. Okay. And at 9.15 we'd just have a quick morning uh, uh, check-in. Okay. Do some readings, okay. A meditation, okay. Uh, and then the day would begin for the program, okay. Uh, either you would have uh, free time, which was uh, adv- suggested to work on the twelve-step program, okay. Uh, as you know, for the first two months I didn't, okay. That's all right. And you would have a group session, okay. We'd have group sessions. Three Were they times moderated a week. by a counselor or Mor- moderated by the counselor? Okay. Yeah. So the group sessions were three times a week, Monday, okay. Wednesday, and uh, Friday. Okay. And then we would have two sessions of uh, step work. Okay. You can call it where you'd be working through the twelve-step program. With a day a or a week coach. during the week. This during is... the week. Okay. And you work right. with a step coach. So you, okay. So there was a lot of free time as well in between. We'd also have activities where uh, we, uh, twice a week we could either go for yoga or Muay Thai. Okay. Would take us. Got it. To, uh, to the gym, and there would be we'd visit the orphanage once a week. Okay, uh, for an hour, and I really enjoyed that. In the beginning, okay. I didn't. But so you were. It end. sounded like a fairly structured, but you know, free fl- uh, not free flowing. But you had a lot of your own. You had to put a lot of yourself into it. Yeah. You could either go through the motions or you could actually participate, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. This, everything was our responsibility. Okay. Very important we, to was, know. There was a... Uh, you had uh, to own your own recovery, in yeah. other words. There was a plan. and we, If we didn't want to follow, we, we didn't have to. Right. They made us to the best. But whereas in primary, everything was structured. Yeah, got it. Yeah. All right. So this yeah. is semi-structured. Yeah. Semi-structured. To, okay. To take What'd you do on the weekends? Was there a structure on the weekends? On the weekends, uh, yeah, we we would uh, drive over to the primary where a rehab where nearby there would be an AA meeting. Okay, we would attend that. They would take us to the big supermarket for shopping. Oh yeah, I ran uh, into some of you guys there yeah, one day. Yeah, that's um, where I, we met. Yeah, <laughs> the right, there you go. So so um, let, let me get this straight. Did you end up going to from your location there to um, the Friday meeting at uh, at the Jumpton Longstay or? Did you end up going to the AA meetings right there from from your sober living? Yeah, yeah. So the sober living had uh, it had stage uh, one and okay. then stage two. Okay, you're an outpatient. Okay. So for my last uh, two and a half months at the sober living facility, 
I was an outpatient where I, I got my own apartment. Oh, got and I would, it. Okay. I, could, I would still attend oh, very good. The, the full program. Okay, very, very good. But it was all my choice. The only okay. requirement would be to attend the, the, the meetings that they had on site. Okay, so they had on site meetings. Right, okay. Uh, okay. However, all of it was uh, optional. Okay. When you're in the facility itself, everything was required to be done. Okay. But there was a lot of free time okay. for you to work on yourself. Okay. All right. Um, and the emphasis is that you ask for help. Got rather it. Rather than be given the help. In yeah, primary, got it. you were yeah, given and forced right. to work. Well, that, that makes way. sense. That's a progression mm. where you start to own it. Yeah. So what are you doing these days to stay clean and sober? So these days I, 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 I attend a meeting regularly. It, it was quite difficult during the beginning of COVID because I'd left the, the rehab in, in the, the sober living um, structure in January, okay, and right. then uh, lockdown occurred in, in okay, March. Sure, and yeah. Between January to March, you, were, you have your I own was, apartment, though. Yeah, still, I have my own apartment. yeah. Okay, I was committed to doing ninety and ninety. Ninety meetings in ninety days in 90 for the audience, days, just yeah. so they know. Yeah, ninety meetings in ninety days. Okay, and did you do and that? I, I I did that. Well, did that include to, Zoom, or did that was so that faced? Zoom came in because of the because lockdown. of yeah. But prior to do that, doing that, while I was an outpatient at the sober living. I had begun attending the meetings in in Patea, okay. the Jom Tien Nu okay. sure, uh, sure. AA meeting, yeah. and from the other fellowship as well, okay. uh, one meeting a week, and that that was to ensure that I was building up a structure and connection system right. around me. And at okay. this point, I did had, you have a sponsor? Uh, at that point, yes, I had yeah. a sponsor. Okay, and did you work with your sponsor? And did you? You still have a sponsor? Yeah, I still have okay. the same sponsor. We, we we worked together at that point. Um, at that point, while I was a part of the the sober living facility and program, I uh, we weren't working. We were more just getting to know each other. Got it. Okay. The trust was a big part of me. Sure. And, yeah. And it took building building months. trust. And then he 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 took he took you through the twelve steps and all of that. Yeah. Currently, I'm on step four. Okay. So and I, you can explain to the audience what step four yeah, is. So I'll come to that. And, okay. Uh, uh, yeah. It's, it's I had done steps one to three. Which okay. do we want me to say them? Uh, well, no. Okay, what, what you know? Powerlessness, yeah. belief in the higher power, okay. and then turning your will over to a, the care of yeah. a higher power. Those that essentially then, making the turn mm -hmm. from self sufficiency to depending on a higher yeah. power. The and then the fourth step is if you could explain that. Yeah, the, uh, the fourth step is taking a moral inventory uh, of myself to see how I have affected my life and those around me. Okay, excellent. Okay. Uh, in essence, what was my part and my responsibility in my own life? Right. Did I take the responsibility okay. for it? Right. Which comes into step five. Right, uh, exactly. Okay. It, it is quite an intense step. Searching and fearless moral inventory is yes. what it is. And to, so let's talk about this business of a moral inventory. That suggests that one has developed or rediscovered their conscience at that point, correct? Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Better be correct. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I have. So during this process, I would practice meditation, prayer, spiritual principles to the best of my ability okay attending meetings regularly listening calling we call them old timers sure <laughs> uh, yeah. people with more experience yeah. in the program yeah. and, a, and a lot of time being an old timer is an honor you know yeah yeah thank you <laughs> hope one day you'll be one <laughs> yeah, I, I do hope so <laughs> uh, doing little things to enjoy my life because okay. the only enjoyment it was very difficult for me and i still find it to be able to enjoy life simple fact being the Coca, where you put Mentos in a Coca-Cola bottle. It's very simple. Right. Uh, I share this because it's such a. It gave me such joy to do. I never did that as a child. As and innocent goes, stuff yeah. without alcohol or drugs yeah. to enjoy. Yourself. And I just yeah. thought one day I was talking with a friend. They showed me a YouTube video about it. So I thought, you know what? I wasn't ashamed to say I've never done it, and I had the courage and confidence. And and I was like, should we go yeah, do it? Fun, yeah. And I enjoyed it. Yeah, I've yeah. I've never learned to ride a, a a motorbike. Okay, so I'm currently doing that. All right. Um, well, we miss a lot of our courses. growing up years when we're when we're caught up in that stuff, don't yeah. we? Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, and there are there are down days and there are up days. Okay. However, I have through the the, the program and 
the AA program is what I talk about here. Well, when is your sobriety I, birthday? Share that. What's your sobriety birthday? February 5th, 2019. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that you're coming up on two years. Coming up on two years. Good for yeah. you. And a lot of it has to do because of the we we have in in, in, in the AA yeah. program <clears throat> is that we, we go through this uh, as a team. Okay. There are ups and downs. So right. My network is so important to me. I have people in my life today who I can trust. Right. Uh, and I hope that they can trust me. T- talk about your them. development uh, to, to enable yourself to trust others. Tell, t- because you talked about your anger. You talked about your abandonment with, with respect to your father mostly. Uh, and yet you've turned the corner and you've learned how to trust mm. people. That's, that's, that's huge. That's, a big, that's yeah. a big spiritual leap, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Uh, step two for me, which is we came to believe in a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity, was a huge turning point. Okay. That is where I was, I was open to the idea of a higher power. Okay. Religion, and this is not a religion in a spiritual way, it, religion aspects don't suit me. Okay. Uh, that's so I was fair. open to it, and I, I I began working on the step with an open mind. And when I did so, something changed, okay. and I realized that there is a power greater than myself. And I could see the the insanity of the way that I lived through obsession and compulsion okay. before, and how it affected certain behaviors. That's great insight. And is the we a big part of the higher power? It is. Okay. It is. Uh, and my higher power is of my understanding. So okay. it's not imposed upon me by right. anyone. We're right. free Brilliant. in AA. Right. Uh, we're accepting. Um, it's a chance. It's like medicine. I go I go there to get my daily dose of medicine okay. to ensure that I don't pick up another drink. There you go. And how again. many meetings a week do you either Zoom or person to person? Oh, uh, every day or pretty I, much every day? I do a meeting every day, okay. whether it be in person or, or on Zoom. Zoom. Okay. In the beginning, uh, I did the 90 and 90. 90 meetings, 90 and, days. Yeah, 90 meetings and 90 days. And I didn't even know when I finished. I just carried on doing yeah, it. Yeah, just kept going. I enjoy so it. you enjoy it now. It's I, not I like you it. have to. It's like no. you want to, right? Yeah, initially it was... It was determination that got me there. The, okay. The the understanding of my step one that I'm powerless over this and this can destroy my life. Okay. And so some people talk about desperation as a gift. Do you do you share that? Yeah. Okay. D- desperate. Now I wanted to to kill myself as I share, shared earlier. I didn't okay. want to live. Now I have a passion to live. Okay. I don't know right. how yet I'm going to live. Oh, right. you're living now, man. Oh, you're giving I, back, yeah. just talking to us. Yeah, and uh, it. it AA's given me a whole breadth of tools to live by, but okay. also things that I can do in my life. Okay. Um, and and that's that's the beauty for me. Uh, You're starting to explore, in our, you know, we know each other. Uh, you're starting to explore uh, career options and stuff like that. Uh, and, and, and you probably, tell me if I'm wrong, you probably never thought that you would be at that point where now you're free of this you know, obsession, mm. and you're looking at um, different career opportunities. Yeah, I'm, I'm free of the shackles, and I begin to understand who I am and what benefit I can be of service to the world. Okay. That's and service fabulous. to myself. Right. And my, and my higher power. My higher power helps me massively uh, on a daily basis, and sometimes on a, on a minute-by-minute basis, because it allows me to know that I... There's, n- I need never use again or right. pick up a drink. Right. And just by saying that, and that was said to me every month by uh, someone in the fellowship. Initially, I, I didn't like it, but uh, and I was like, "What are you talking about? It makes sense." Then one day, a light bulb went off, and I realised that I can live that way. Okay. So the light go- keeps going on, right? It's yeah. A, you get this yeah. light, this light. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like I'll, uh, I'll share it sometimes that the worst day, any worst day that I have now is nowhere near as bad as it was before. Right. I've heard it said that once in a while when I was drinking I had a good day. Now once in a while I have a bad day. Yeah, it's getting there. Yeah. yeah. I can see that. It right. is initially tough in the first year. I'm, right. But it's worth it. And it was worth it in the first year. 
when I truly look back, there are no regrets about okay. me making this decision okay. to go to the rehab or to come to recovery and put down that bottle. What lesson would you give to other people in your generation who might be struggling with alcohol or, and drugs? And, and parallel to that, what, what would you advise, let's say, parents to do under these circumstances? Let's say they have a son who's 30 and he's home and he's you know, struggling, he doesn't have a job. What, what, what sort of advice would you, would you give a parent under those circumstances? Um, sorry, bear with me, it was there. I was thinking about something All else. All right. Is seek help, okay. ask for help. We're not alone. What what uh, signs should they look for though? I mean, a lot of a lot of parents don't even know. I mean, you know how it is. I know how it is. Mm-hmm. I hid my addiction. Well, I yeah. lied about it. I mm. manipulated. I I denied it. Mm. I minimized it. I avoided it. You know, I attacked my 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 uh, my, my mom. Not attacked her, but I I attacked her, and then she got defensive, and I made my getaway because I deflected the blame. Right. Mm. So all these dynamics are happening in the family. What would you, uh, what would you say to a mother who has a son who's thirty years old? What signs should she be looking for? Defiance. Yeah. Denial. If you, yeah, if you find that you're being manipulated, and manipulation I mean by control. Uh huh. If there is is certain patterns. To look for patterns, okay, which just don't seem to fit in to to, to the way that you would know. Okay, so abnormal to. type of patterns. Yeah. There's a saying: if you want to really know who you are, go and ask your mother. Okay, or your closest family, the okay. one who brought you up. All right. Uh, so and if, if you're there was not a that, that means that something's wrong. Yeah. If there's a personality changes. Change. Okay. If you if there are evident personality changes, if you find there's there could be aggression. Okay. How about isolation? Be, yeah. So we're looking at certain points like aggression, isolation, but also there being the opposite to too much joyfulness. Some okay. people also manic type behavior. Yeah, where where it, it, they could be manic type behavior. I was angry all the time. Okay. There is a friend of mine who is always happy. Okay. <laughs> and but that's in the, in, in a negative because that's their defense mechanism. Okay. To hide. Okay. The the discontent with. Okay. Got within. It. Got it. So they are. But was that a change from the way he was before? Uh, or. Huh? Just tell me. So here's a guy who's always happy, yeah. but he's hiding something. Mm. Is he has he always been a happy person, or did he start to yeah, put he, it he, on? He, no, he he was all, always putting it on before as his defense mechanism. Okay. And during the getting to know him very well during the recovery process, the the onions of the layers of that was coming undone. Okay. We, we, it was it was quite strange because we were talking. That wasn't opposites. what he was really feeling. Is yeah. what you're saying? Yeah, he was he was masking his feelings, but okay. we were told opposites. I was the a very uh, aggressive person, whether it be outwardly or passively. Okay. He was this happy, joyous, uh, overly uh, enthusiastic individual. Right. But ultimately, as we got to know each other, we realized initially we didn't like each other. But as we got to know each other, okay. our emotions and our feelings were the same, and we were just using diff- different mechanisms to mask okay. it. Because there was this underlining. Uh, issues within and within myself. So what's next for you now? What are you going to do next now? You're clean and sober, you're successful Mm. in your recovery, you're very active, you're very busy, you're doing all the things that Mm. that are that are absolutely right and in your second year of recovery. So what what's next for you now? Just beyond your recovery program, what are you looking forward to? uh, (laughs) Career, you know. As cliche as the saying is, the world's your oyster. Okay. Uh, for me, I have to build my foundation. Okay. And I'm blessed to be where I am. Uh, I have a little bit of income. COVID's been t- difficult. Right. Um, I have a little income where I'm, um, I'm beginning to do some online teaching. Okay. I did a TEFL course. Okay, cool. So I'm doing some online teaching. All right. Sort of my bread and butter. But 
I work on my foundation at the moment because it's so important. Your recovery foundation. Foundation, yeah. yes, my recovery yeah. foundation. And for me, that is... First things first. Steps one, two, and three, right. initially. Okay. And, and I built a solid foundation for those. And to get and you're my, working change on my fourth step now. Values, you're working yeah. on your fourth step. And uh, uh, one of the, the, the joys of recovery is now that I have a choice. When I woke up in the morning, there was no choice. Right, you lost the, the power of choice at that yeah. point. The only choice was... How do I get more of, to, of right. something to change okay. the way that I am? Okay. And now I have acceptance of myself, acceptance of the world, acceptance of others. Okay. That's uh, a big deal. To move, yeah, to move That's forward. A big it's deal. it's uh, it's uh, amazing. Uh, I, I I can do things. And that you never thought were possible for you. I didn't believe I'd be sitting here. And to be honest, when you asked me to do this podcast. My initial response was going to be no. Right, I remember we um, talked about that. Yeah, there, there, there was fear around that. Uh-huh. Um, and now and how do you feel? Uh, pretty good, right? Yeah, pretty yeah, good. I'm yeah. enjoying it. Uh, one beautiful thing is that I get to address <laughs> my fears. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you're open about it. Well, thank you very, very much you, yeah. for uh, all your time and your insights. I know we're going to hang out together a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will see you at some of these okay. meetings. I'll see you on Zoom. And uh, once again, uh, Adam, our, our good friend, and a great insights on uh, his, uh, his journey, uh, which has been really inspiring. And I think the thing that I can um, observe is that, indeed, this was a gift of desperation uh, for Adam uh, and all the hard work that he has done to, uh, to recover and to, uh, and to move forward in his life and to share his story, his experience, strength, and hope with others. So this is Bruno J. Signing off, and I'll see you next week. Tune in next week for the next episode of Busting Addiction and Its Myths, where we now have our weekly episodes titled by topic for you to search and download at your leisure, all in the interest of busting some myths and bringing you the truth about the face of addiction and alcoholism today.